So yesterday the ATF dropped their final rule regulating the use of pistol braces. In this video, I wanna break down this rule that the ATF released so you know exactly what this rule does and where we go from here. So let's talk about this. So like I mentioned in the intro, in this video, we will be discussing the new ATF rule on pistol braces, which changes the regulatory definition of a rifle so that now pistols with braces attached to them will actually be considered to be short barreled rifles and therefore subject to the NFA's restrictions. My goal with this video is not to provide you any legal advice, but instead to help you understand better what is currently going on with this ATF new rule and also what impacts it will have going forward. So first and foremost, I wanna clarify that this is not a ban on the possession of pistol braces. This is not an outright ban on the possession of just pistol braces and those devices on their own. This rule on its own does not make it a felony to possess a brace or to even buy one. What it does is it makes the use of those items in association with a pistol actually makes it an SBR. And your failure to comply and register that firearm under the NFA is therefore a felony. So at best, you could argue this is maybe a ban or restriction on certain uses of the items, pistol braces in association with various pistoled firearms. Also, it's important to note that possessors of these firearms with braces have 120 days from the publication of the rule to come into compliance. Currently, I haven't seen the rule pop up in the register yet. It hasn't been published as of me filming this, but once it gets published, there will be 120 days and that's when that will start. However, the ATF also stated that notwithstanding that 120 day compliance period, they also believe that this is effective immediately and that they can enforce this immediately. What that means is that the ATF is saying that they can immediately go after people who uh, buy, sell, uh, purchase, transfer any new firearms with a brace attached to them. Uh, no doubt this is drastically going to impact gun manufacturers and sellers because this leads to almost all of them immediately having to halt their sales and pretty much put that inventory that they have in purgatory. The ATF did state for the purposes of the Congressional Review Act, however, that the department will wait to initiate such enforcement actions at least for 60 days, um, essentially after the publication of the final rule. Uh, now, they are saying they, they will halt the enforcement for 60 days. I don't know if you take solace in that. Um, sometimes the ATF doesn't take action. We saw with the frames receivers rule, they said that they wouldn't take action until it went into effect or until they would try to enforce it. And then they went after companies like GSD supply. So again, they're saying that they will wait 60 days to enforce it. Whether or not you find comfort in that, that's for you to decide. And again, I want to reiterate that that is specific to the new sales and transfers of firearms that have braces attached. So those are some of the house cleaning topics that I wanted to cover. Now let's talk about the change language and how this is actually going to work. The ATF did this by modifying the regulatory definition of a rifle so that it will now also include a weapon that is equipped with an accessory, component, or other rearward attachment, i.e. a stabilizing brace, that provides surface area that allows the weapon to be fired from the shoulder, provided other factors which indicate that the weapon is designed, made, or intended to be fired from the shoulder. So that is the general test that the ATF is now running to determine if a braced pistol is now in fact an SBR. So this is kind of operates in two steps. At step one, they ask, does the firearm have an accessory attached to it that provides any surface area that you could then shoulder? If it does, then they move on to step two, which is then looking at the firearm holistically 
and seeing if there are design features which indicates it is in fact a rifle. And it is the combination of the accessory with any surface area plus other design features as mentioned through one through six that makes the ATF deem a firearm to be in fact an SBR. This new approach is very interesting. If you recall, in the proposed rule, the ATF used a worksheet called 4999 that had a point system. Through that worksheet, you would gain points based on specific design features on your specific firearm. And if you got enough points, then the firearm would indeed be deemed to be an SBR. Well, the ATF decided to completely scrap that worksheet and instead move towards a way more vague standard. This is a very interesting and candidly a very ballsy approach by the ATF. Instead of refining the worksheet and adding more clarity into the worksheet, they decided to just completely scrap it and then went with a very vague definition and it's a definition-based test now. Now there is discussion on what surface area actually means, what the weight standard may actually be, what the length of pull is required, what the tube and extension and community standards actually means, and going forward how all that will actually play out in regards to this test. When it comes to the surface area question, the ATF states, in making the determination of whether surface area allows for the shoulder firing, ATF will not attempt to precisely measure the surface area or make the determination based on the existence of any minimum surface area. Instead, the ATF will consider whether there is any surface area on the firearm that can be used to shoulder fire the weapon. So that is actually very important. I know some people have been saying that maybe we need some more clarity on what surface area actually means. Maybe there is a measurement requirement. But if you actually look through this rule, I believe it's on page 102 to 103, they actually identify what surface area is. And really what they say is that any surface area at all will in fact qualify. For the weight standard, they state that instead of any specific weight requirement, the weight of the pistol with a brace on it will be compared against the weight of a similar rifle. And then they provide a list of various rifle weights, which you can find from page 115 to 121 if you're interested in that. For the length of pull that is measured from the center of the trigger to the center of the shoulder stock or other accessory, uh, they also state that that needs to be consistent with other types of designs of rifles. So again, they're going to compare that with the brace um, and the pistol with the brace on it. They're going to compare that against similar types of rifles. And then they provide a list of measurements and you can find that on page 156 to 158 where you can see the length of pull on specific types of rifles and then compare them against your pistol with a brace on it. They also state that they will be taking into account whether the accessory is adjustable and if the buffer tube has notches for adjustability. Now, an important factor that I want to talk about because I know I've heard some people suggesting maybe buffer tubes are completely a no-go now. Um, the ATF actually states on page 106, this consideration is drawn from the proposed worksheet 4999, which assessed two points for extended AR type pistol buffer tubes, inclusion of folding adapter, extending length of pool and use of spacers to extend length of pool. These extensions provided additional material to the firearm that is not required for the cycle of operations and therefore can be an indicator that the firearm is designed, made, and intended to be fired from the shoulder. So there what the ATF is trying to say is that if you have maybe a law tactical folder, some sort of spacer, um, maybe some other type of extension on a firearm that doesn't need a tube or some sort of extension to actually operate the firearm, 
then that is an indication that it's in fact intended to be fired from the shoulder. They state, in contrast, material on a firearm that extends the rear surface area of the firearm toward the shooter, but is required for the cycle of operations, such as an AR-type pistol with a standard six to six and a half inch buffer tube, may be an indicator that the firearm is not designed, made, and intended to be fired from the shoulder. So my understanding is that they're saying like a standard buffer tube is okay because it's not being used to extend the firearm out to actually be used from your shoulder, that it's necessary for the operations of that firearm. But once you actually throw on some sort of extension that is not required, a law tactical folder, some sort of accessory, anything like that, then all of a sudden they're going to use that as an indication that it's actually intended to be fired from the shoulder and therefore is in fact an SBR. But also keep in mind that the adjustability of a brace and also the notches in a buffer tube can be used under this new rule as an indication again that the item is in fact an SBR. Now with all of that, looking at the details of this final rule, some of the nuances, what in fact are some of the solutions to this rule? What does this rule say you have to do so that you don't get hit with a felony? The ATF provided this diagram here on the screen, and if you're interested, I will also leave a link to that down below. Your options really boil down to registering it, and they're going to waive that $200 tax stamp. You can remove the brace or put on a 16-inch upper. Maybe you could also get away with a 13.5 or 14.5 pin and welded upper. Um, maybe that's an option. I'm not sure right now. I'd have to look a little bit, little bit more in detail with this rule, see maybe if they address that. The other option is to either destroy or to surrender the firearm to the ATF, but I don't know who would really want to do that. I don't know why you would completely destroy a firearm altogether instead of just taking the brace off, um, but that's another option that they have in this new rule. Now, I know a lot of my viewers are in restrictive states like California. I live in California. So this rule on pistol braces affects us a little bit different. And you may be asking, what does this mean for us in California? And the reality is because of this and our restrictions on the possession of NFA items, our options are very limited. In fact, the ATF outright said in the rule that they pretty much don't care the impact that this will have on restrictive states like California. In fact, the ATF states that the department disagrees that it is required to provide additional options for individuals who may be in violation of state laws. So the ATF actually said in this new rule that people in California who are living under these laws where you can't have NFA items, well, pretty much you're SOL. Maybe you can have a pin and welded 16 inch upper and just move it to a, a fixed mag actual rifle build. Uh, again, it's not a ton of great options out there. Maybe you could go with a cheek weld. Again, I don't even know if that's necessarily okay under the rule because the ATF maybe could come back and say that there's enough surface area on the cheek weld and try to make that argument. So right now we don't have a ton of options and candidly, the ATF just doesn't care. And that really leads to the overall conclusion that this rule is very clearly overly vague. It went well beyond the original proposed rule. It went even more vague than that. And this is a clear overreach by the ATF. No doubt they're going to be sued by multiple organizations like SAF, GOA, FBC, a ton of other organizations. So keep your eyes out for those lawsuits. Hopefully a court will grant some sort of TRO or a preliminary injunction to halt the enforcement of this. Hopefully that was um, a good enough information so you guys understand better what's going on with the pistol brace rule. If you guys have any questions, go ahead and comment down below and I will try to answer the best of my ability. Also, if you like this video and you would like to support the channel, one of the best ways to do that is to like, comment, and subscribe. All those things help to fuel the algorithm or fuel algorithm. 
it adds fuel to his jet, and signals to YouTube that you guys see value in these videos and in this type of toy news. As always, I want to thank everybody who likes, comments, subscribes, who hits the notification bell, who shares these videos. You guys are directly impacting these videos, impacting this channel, and helping me to reach and educate more people than I could ever do on my own. So as always, thank you all for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And never forget, this nation was built by armed scholars, and this nation will be maintained by armed scholars.